0: It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. We get
1: up every morning for
2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to another week of Sports 56 Mornings. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. It's the Monday, January 29th, 2024 edition of the program. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you. We're broadcasting live from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues. Check them out at 2120 Witten Road. That is just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Currently 34 degrees and cloudy. Today we're looking at mostly sunny skies with a high of 50. So not really warm, but at least the sun will be shining after some more rain over the weekend. Clear skies tonight with a low of 40. Then tomorrow sunshine, few clouds, but a high of 60 degrees for your Tuesday. Coming up on the program today, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. No guests lined up as well. So after we get through this first 20 minutes of ranting and raving, getting you up to date with everything, we'll take your calls and texts throughout the show. We're going to give you an ample amount of time to get things off your chest if you like to, if you'd like to do so. The Memphis Tigers lose their third straight basketball game. They fall at UAB, and today they will undoubtedly fall out of the top 25 And now there's even talk about their NCAA tournament status up for grabs. What looked like a no-brainer now looks like, inconceivably, they could miss the tournament. We will discuss that on the program today. Where do they go from here? What the hell is wrong? The Grizzlies split two over the weekend, winning Friday, losing a tight one in Indiana yesterday. But the young players continue to play pretty well, and they're back in action tonight as they play host to the Sacramento Kings. It was a wild weekend in the NBA. We'll talk about some of the games that took place, some of the individual performances. We'll do the same with college basketball in general, take a look in-depth at the SEC, as we always do. And then, of course, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58 in this case, is now set. The Kansas City Chiefs going to Baltimore and win, while the San Francisco 49ers, you could say lucky, For the second straight week but they win they get it done they beat the lions in come from behind fashion and it will be a rematch of a super bowl not from last year but the kansas city chiefs and the san francisco 49ers we got some other nfl news including coordinators moving around still a couple of openings out there for head coaches we got some college football news and another defector from the pga tour to live golf that's all coming up on the program today you can hit us up on the Sports 56 listener lines calling in or texting in at 901-360-8255 again give us this first segment to kind of rant ourselves and then we'll open up the lines to you guys for your calls
3: and for your texts how are you i'm doing all right yeah good weekend it was uh it was it was okay yeah nothing nothing spectacular but nothing uh real bad either Good. So, uh, so it was all solid. Just a solid weekend. Zach, how was your weekend? I can say a solid weekend. Solid for weekend myself. for you.
2: Okay. Nothing too crazy. I'm just... I'm, my timing is always wrong. I don't gamble a lot. I don't gamble a lot of money. I don't gamble all the time. I take weeks off. Last week, I played the NFL, hit the first game, and then lost everything else. And so I thought I'd take, it off, I, I'd take off this weekend. And... Basically, I, I took off because I will need the wrath of my wife. But anyway, I digress. Perfectly timed where I watched two games that I loved both win and I get nothing for it. The Chiefs, you're getting four points with Pat Mahomes. I don't care how well Baltimore played. I love that one. And then the Lions... Who I like to cover. I didn't exactly like them to win, and they had the game in their hands. Then they actually weren't going to even cover with the points. And they get a late touchdown, and they end up covering. So, unfortunately for me, uh, no plays. They would have been wins. It is what it is. Of course, if I played the games, they would have been losses somehow. So, there you go. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl. I, I did not have a a good,
3: good good gambling weekend. Yesterday. You didn't. Good, yesterday was a rough day. Bad day. Bad day yesterday.
2: Well, you like the Ravens a lot, right? Mm hmm. Okay,
3: and then probably took I got, the nine Niners I got, the cover? I got completely screwed on Isaiah Pacheco's receiving yardage over.
2: Oh, no. How
3: was, bad a beat was it? Well, he was over at halftime, but then he had the five-yard loss in the second half to knock him back under.
2: Oh, oh, man. That's bad. That's almost as bad as my Jake Elliott, the two field goals, and they he kicks the second one, he makes it, and then they get an offside penalty, so they go for it. And, I, and they take that off the board. That sucked. That sucks for you.
3: Yeah, that was a uh, that was that one, that one hurt. Like, I was, at halftime I was like, all, right, all, all I need to make sure he doesn't have any like, negative catches. And then sure enough, five yard loss, second half. That was his only catch of the second half, and uh, just added to the list of losses. That's a tough
2: one. And now we have, of course, two weeks to talk about Super Bowl Fifty Eight, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Of course, next week is the always exciting Pro Bowl. Are they playing tic tac toe this year? I'm not sure if they are, but we'll get into the they Super are, the Bowl a little bit later on. Are they really? The kickers? Are I playing was it, kidding. Huh? I was joking.
3: The kickers are only play a tic tac toe game.
2: That's the first thing that came to mind. That's how weird it's gotten the Pro Bowl game. But we'll we'll dive into this and and give you our thoughts as the Super Bowl is set for two weeks from yesterday in Las Vegas. San Francisco installed as a one point favorite. Okay. Big story around here in local sports is of course the Memphis Tigers basketball team losing once again. A week to prepare for UAB, an old rival from conference USA days and a team that Memphis is much much better than on paper. A team that Memphis with a week to prepare should have gone down and won. But it wasn't the case. UAB, just for the second time in their history, beat a ranked Memphis team as the Tigers, as I said, fall for the third straight time. They drop to 15-5, and 4-3 in the conference. They are tied for sixth in the American Conference. If the conference tournament started today, the Tigers would have to play day one, which is hard to fathom. The Tigers turned the ball over 20 Two times. 13 times in the first half. Was it, a, is it, was it that extreme pressure from UAB that did it? No, it didn't. It was on the Tigers. Nonchalant, lackadaisical, bringing up the basketball, throwing ill-advised telegraph passes, things of that nature. David Jones, who went for 24 on 9 of 16 shooting and got you nine rebounds, turned it over nine times. Nine times. Tigers wasted another really good offensive performance by Malco, who had 19, went 8 of 11 from the field, had four steals. They were out-rebounded by UAB, 40 to 32. UAB, not a huge team. Andy Kennedy's team's always going to play hard. UAB led at the half 45-44. This was a team that focused completely on defense this past week. They didn't have to worry about offense too much. They scored 88 points. Normally you win when you score more than 80. That's been the theme for the Tigers this year. They give up 97 points to UAB in a regulation game. A UAB team that's not stellar offensively. The defense not only did not improve, might even have taken a step backwards. Penny's at a loss for words. Players are certainly upset. Malco's saying there's not enough dogs out there on the court. There are some real problems in River City.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, the idea of losing three straight games within this conference, um I was I that that would have been you'd been look looked like an, an idiot if you thought if you said before. We're talking about them going undefeated in conference play, right? Like the chances of going undefeated, l- l- losing three straight games within this conference. Um,
2: yeah, maybe, maybe fl- they'll split Florida. Maybe they'll split two with Florida Atlantic. But what a joke of a conference! They'll roll through this thing rough shot, especially after the way they played in the non-conference portion of, your, of the schedule. Nobody in their right mind thought that they would have at one point in this conference season. Three straight losses, and with still obstacles to go, and I'm not even talking about Florida Atlantic.
3: And those three teams that they lost to are uh, 129, 116, and 117 in Ken Palm's rankings. Tigers, by the way, down to 61 now in Ken Palm. The net has not updated yet. Um, defensive. I mean, uh, defensively, it's it's bad. Uh, you know, UEB was a lot of what you expected. Um, they are pretty good offensively. They do. They get offensive rebounds. Talked about this last week. They get offensive rebounds. They get to the free throw line. Um, they're normally not a good three-point shooting team, but everybody's a good three-point shooting team against Memphis because Memphis leaves wide open guys to shoot three. So while they normally aren't a good three-point shooting team, yesterday they were, um, and they shoot 45% from three-point range, which was a big part of this, but they got to the free throw line. Made the free throws. They got offensive rebounds. Um, dominated in second chance points. Even though they only had two more offensive rebounds, they more than doubled the second chance points of the Tigers. Um, and defensively, they're not very good. Therefore, you see the Tigers score 88 points. However, you should not be turning the ball over 22 times against that UAB team. They they do not force many turnovers. They, that is not their forte, is getting forcing teams into turnovers. So, Um. There certainly are a lot of issues. I don't even. I, I mean, again, but this is a week. This was supposed to be our. our we're we're we got a week. We're getting down to it. It's time to. I'm no longer accepting any of this stuff. We're. It's. I've let them get away with too much stuff. And you go lose to UAB, t- turn it over 22 times. A lot of the same issues, <laughs> almost exact same issues. Giving up offensive rebounds, turning the ball over, giving up wide open threes. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I, uh, if that's your big, hey, we're knuckling down and getting after it this week, I don't, I don't know what, what, what you're going to do. UAB, 23
2: second chance points, points to Memphis' 11. 23 second chance points. Memphis, which is normally a good shot-blocking team or altering shots, they blocked one shot. That's it. Meaning, I don't know how well they competed. Physically, UAB dominated them. UAB, at one point in the second half, had a 15-point lead. They were starting to run away with the game. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. You look at individual play. Again, Malco's calling out his team, Penny saying the same things about the team that he has been saying. But Malco's saying there's not enough dogs out there. So, I don't know who he's referring to specifically, Jordan Brown did see his first action in his return, his second game but his first game in which he played. He played 4:53. I thought he played only a couple of minutes, but he ended up getting 3 rebounds. You know, Malco talking about dogs. He had a great scoring game, but he had 3 rebounds in 28 minutes, nearly 29 minutes. That's it, 3 rebounds. He
3: did not get a defensive rebound.
2: Yeah,
3: While they were getting 16 offensive rebounds, Malcolm Dandridge did not get one single defensive rebound.
2: Right, and Jordan Brown got three total rebounds, one defensive, two offensive, in his 453. I'm not saying he was the answer, but Malcolm's calling out his teammates about being dogs. Well, yeah, he's scoring the ball. He looks better. He looks more agile with the knee. He has more moves on the offensive end, but defensively, and he's played well defensively, certainly had that big game with the blocks, but this game, no, not, not so much. He wasn't the physical Malcolm he needed to be, so I don't know if that was the right thing to call out his teammates as far as being dogs. Again, three rebounds, as you said, no defensive rebounds in nearly 29 minutes. They're not getting much from the bench. They got seven from Ashton. He had that shot at the end where he almost had a four-point play, but he missed the, the free throw. I, I, I don't know. I, I, they look. It looks like that. while the names are the same, the numbers are the same. It's a completely different team than what we saw earlier in the year. Completely different team. Caleb Mills was important. Is Caleb Mills that important to this team? He he appears to I be mean, LeBron James.
3: Yeah, I, I, I no. I mean he's he shouldn't be. And uh, while he's a nice player and certainly uh, was important, I mean this team there there really shouldn't be any one player that matters that much on this team that would cause them to all of a sudden be this bad. I mean, that that's impossible. Um, I mean, it's, you know, Quinterly's got to be better. When I mean, they're, they're if you look at the plus minus, and I don't, you've got Quinterly at a minus 14 and David Jones at a minus 12. Those guys are going to be that, like you're, you're going to struggle to win games. Um, you can't have those two guys because you know they're going to be on the court most of the time. Uh, I, I just don't like defensively. There's no reason for them to be as bad as they are. Like they're just, there's, there's no, uh, possible excuse of why you're this, you are giving up 97, you gave up 81 to Tulane. Um, you obviously gave up the hunt over hundred to UTSA, um, even Wichita State scored a bunch of points when you beat them. I mean, there, there's no, like, this team shouldn't be giving up 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, this is, there's just no reason whatsoever for that for them to be that bad. Um, well, they had the meltdown. They had the meltdown. They didn't guard the guy. He gets a breakaway. There were so many
2: times that they were open inside for easy layups or dunks. Look at their bigs. Lendenborg went for 23 points and 16 rebounds. He got 10 offensive rebounds. Davis had 10 points. He had six rebounds. Coleman comes off the bench. He has six points. He has seven rebounds. They all make impacts. They're bigs. And then Gaines may have been the best player out there. He had 20 points to go along with four assists, four steals, and three turns. You mentioned Quinterly once again. More turnovers than assists. And he's had some great games. Don't get me wrong but when he's not going well, they're not going well. 4 turnovers to 3
3: assists. Yeah, I, again, I it's the turnovers. You know, when you have a veteran point guard, you know, a veteran team overall, but a the veteran point guard like you're not supposed to have 22 turnovers. And yeah, I mean David Jones is a fantastic offensive player. You can't turn it over 9 times. Like that's I mean, Yeah, he had seven steals. He did a lot of other things, but you know, nine turnovers is is inexcusable What's one, nine waste of possessions. For one player to have nine turnovers just mm-hmm. should never ever happen. I it's um I again I don't know. Like, this was supposed to be your big like I don't know what you call it, <laughs> reawakening or whatever after your week of Camp Penny. Good luck the rest of the way then. If it, if this is the result of that. Good luck. Well, I look at the schedule,
2: and before the season, as we talked about, you look at Florida Atlantic, and you go, okay, maybe you split with Florida Atlantic, meet in the championship game, see what happens there. You're not even looking at these other teams. You're not even considering these other teams. I thought, okay, Tulane, they could lose at Tulane, and they did. Did I think they were going to lose at home to USF and blow a 20-point lead? No. Did I think they'd lose at UAB? No, I figured it'd be tough. But they would win. They didn't. You have teams like North Texas that's playing incredibly well. They lost a tough one at the buzzer in Boca yesterday, 66-63 to Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic's now finding ways to win all these close ones. They've been in a ton of close ones. They're now 17-4 compared to the Tigers 15-5. That's, again, overall record. I know they've had a couple of bad non-conference losses, but they're starting to play better. But North Texas has improved. Memphis has to go there. Memphis has to go to SMU. And I understand SMU lost yesterday to Wichita State on the road, but SMU at home, stronger than they are on the road, Memphis has to play there. You got the return games of Tulane and UAB at home, but does it really matter? They'll be tough, they'll be tight because they always are. And then you got those Florida Atlantic games. And right now, the Tigers are hanging on by the skin of their teeth. I'll be curious to see where they are in the bracketology. I think they're still in. But one more loss and then let's say you split with Florida Atlantic. I mean, you're you're in deep trouble. You're in deep trouble. I said there was no room for error or for no margin for error after they lost to Tulane, and I said this was a crossroads game. This is a crossroads week for Memphis. Well, they failed in every aspect. So I don't know where their margin for error is right now with this team. It's unfathomable to think that we're in a position now, and it's not even February yet, that we're talking about, oh my gosh, they're on the bubble, or maybe just inside the bubble barely after what they did during the months of November and December.
3: Well, the next three, I mean, if if they lose one of the next three, well, they, they, I mean, goodness gracious, then, then they don't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament.
2: Well, they won't lose the Rice because I'm broadcasting the game. I, mean, I have not called a women's or men's game that they lost this year. For some reason, uh, coincidentally, they win those games, so Wednesday they'll win. I don't know. I can't. Wow, well, I would.
3: Here. I would hope so. I no. hope on your home floor you could take down no. the mighty Rice Owls. I, you know don't Rice take... coming at a two twenty six in the Ken Palm. I I'm, I'm, like to think you might be able to figure out a Eli, way to win that one. Eli, this team is disjointed right now. Don't take anything for granted. Don't take
2: any single thing right now for granted that is going to be a dub. I mean Rice, Wichita State,
3: Temple. I mean, if you can't beat those three, the next three, you don't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> it's just you don't. After that. They're, I mean, again, with this team, now you're talking about some real challenges because um, Tulane on your home floor, you've lost to them. North Texas has been is is good. SMU, especially on their place. Charlotte continues to yeah. win games. Then you get the Florida Atlantics. You've got UAB still coming in here. I mean, East Carolina, again, one you should win, but on the road at their place. They've lost there before. It, it wouldn't be shocking at this point. Um, it's... For this team, if they end up, and it looks like they're they're tracking towards it being a bubble team, and being in that middle part of the bracket, if they do get in, um, it's just that's just awful. This <laughs> this team, it's a disaster. This, if they don't team, make the NCAA tournament, it's a disaster. Oh, if they don't make the tournament, like it. it but again, even if they make it, and they're the. In the eight nine range again, and they're gonna go out, they'll go out early again. Like, I, I don't like I know people love to make excuses for Penny. I don't know what this year's will be. Maybe it'll be the Caleb Mills injury, but at some point we just like like come on. You have to deliver at some point on all of this.
2: I I don't understand the lack of physicality. With this team because early on, I thought they, they were a tough team. Quinterly's a tough kid. You know, Dandridge is big and physical. Jones can get in your face. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're physical. Now that I watch them, I see them getting punked around by teams. And that's real surprising to me. That's surprising. Defensively, I don't know if the defenses are too complicated for them. Or whatever the case is, but these are veteran players. I'm not talking about if Ashton comes in and he's a little confused. He's a freshman, for goodness sakes. All these other dudes: Jardine, Jones, Dandridge, Walton, Quinterly. They're all veteran players. They're all veteran players. To be able to be to not communicate the way they need to be, that that's. I mean, that's on the coaches but some of it's obviously on the players that you're not stepping up it's a combination it's not just one entity but i'm i'm dumbfounded i there are more questions than answers after a week when a lot of those answers or one a lot of those questions should have been answered in practice and then we would see it actually come to fruition in the game yesterday that was not the case
3: yeah I, there there are at this point there is a um Endless amount of questions, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and uh, again, they shouldn't lose three games. They should not have lost three games, probably in the entire conference schedule. To lose three in a row, um, in the middle of this against those teams, that that's inexcusable. <laughs> it just is. Like that's that's it's awful. It's it's every any adjective you want to use um, it, It's just there's just no way this should be happening and don't ask
2: team. me what the answer is because I have no idea what the answer is Penny doesn't know what the answer is so I'm not going to know what the answer is but if you want to talk about it That's what we're here for, folks. Get it off your chest. We will get to your calls and your texts on the Tigers when we return. We'll talk Grizzlies today. We'll talk Super Bowl. we got college football and other NFL news to get to. It's all coming up here on Sports 56 Morning. So kick back, relax, try to enjoy if you can. Folks, one of our great sponsors is All-Star Chevrolet in Olive Branch. And if you're ready to drive a new Silverado into 2024, All-Star Chevy in Olive Branch is financing down to 1.9%, up to $7,500 in cash money. And you get another $2,250 with your trade-in on select vehicles. You will love the new All-Star Chevy Equinox and Trailblazers. Again, financing down to one9 and no payment for 90 days. That's three months with no Payments. If you want a certified pre owned Chevy or any pre owned, All Star is loaded up. Lots of pre owned Silverados, Tahoes, Jeeps and Broncos. The Traverse is a beautiful vehicle with that third row seating, so you can do more together as a family. You can check out all those vehicles at All Star Chevy. And if it's not on the launch, just ask Jeff, he'll find it for you. Remember it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's gotta be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. We are just underway on a Monday. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's working
2: for the weekend. Welcome back, everyone. 7.31 The Time. Speaking of weekends, hope you had a great weekend. It was not a great weekend for the local basketball teams, although the Grizzlies did play well Friday, got a win, played well yesterday, and lost uh, they have some pretty good built-in excuses, although they don't want to use those excuses. It's called Jaw out, Dez out, Smart out, Adams out. All those injuries certainly have added up for the Grizzlies. We'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show tonight. They host a very good young team in the Sacramento Kings. be a tough next four or five games for the Grizzlies. They've got some good opponents coming in. They'll be on the road in Boston and New York. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, that's the the hand they've been dealt this year. In the meantime, the Memphis Tigers have gone from euphoria to right now just a big old question mark. What is going on with this team? What is wrong? As promised, it's time to take your calls. Read your texts, 901-360-8255. Don't be shy. Step on up. Dennis will lead us off today. Hi, Dennis.
1: Oh man! Good morning, guys. Good morning. Well, look, my thing is, it's, it's still the Tigers, man. It's still. I think this is a byproduct of the portal. You got guys that don't give a damn. I mean, they they don't pay with energy, man. It was one play where a guy just went down the court, and the whole team was just backing. I mean, it looked like you know at the gym, Rick Ball, man. I just I don't think they have any pride, man. They don't care about the name across the jersey. They don't realize that this screws our day up. I mean, a Memphian, you know, I've been a Tiger fan, I'm fifty. I've been a Tiger fan since I was twelve, bro. I mean, some of my fondest mom memories with is with my mom, eating popcorn, mm-hmm. watching Keith Lee and Ballard and, Valor, and Real Fong and these guys, man. They don't understand and I also think they don't understand the rivalry. You know, UAB, it means something to them, man. It means something to them to beat us, and they and, and I think when you get the portal, guys are coming to these schools for selfish reasons, and it's for themselves mm-hmm. because they're trying to control or you know overseas or what have you, man. And they don't and they don't care, man. I just think the biggest thing they do not have passion for this team. What does it mean to put on their jersey, man? You know David Jones. There's no way he would have got a D one scholarship if he played basketball like that. It's no way. It's no way. I have a son that plays D two. It is extremely hard to get a D one scholarship, man. It, it's no way. You turn the ball over nine times, man, and you and you think you're going pro, man. Come on. And and, and it's hard, you know, when people get on penny, because what are you gonna do? Sit them down? I mean, mm-hmm. sit them down. We really gonna get blue out there. So I don't know, man. I'm just been, man. I appreciate you guys. I mean, I think I'd lose my job today if I couldn't have <laughs> Don't lose your you job, know, Dennis. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad you guys. Thank you for the platform, man. I feel with the Tigers. Uh, go, Tigers, go, man. But they got to show some pride and some cahoots,
2: man. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate the phone call.
3: It should, I mean, again, it should really come as no surprise. Like, what he said, like, yeah, these guys aren't, they don't really care about the University of Memphis. Like, it is a stopping off point for one year. To try and audition themselves for the next level—that's what it is. Like, that's a, so it's a, it shouldn't be a real surprise that you might have some selfishness and guys that don't really care about. It doesn't matter what school they're playing for, and, that, and this goes around college basketball and college sports. Like you, when these places have become just a one-year stopping-off point, now they don't—they're not real invested in the university they're playing for.
2: Well, I, I've heard that all season long, but where was that? At the beginning, when they were winning all those games, nobody was talking about, wow, he should not have gone into the portal and grabbed these big-time players who were the best players at their respective schools. Nobody had a problem with it then. They have a problem with it now. Although I think it's certainly a topic that should be talked about, and I think Dennis bringing it up is right on. But again, two months ago, there wasn't the complaints about that. Mike is next. Hi, Mike.
4: Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, my biggest problem was Finney... I don't care if you keep doing the same thing for a week when you're off, you're still doing the same thing. And that overplay defense, he wants to run, he's determined to run, they can't play it. Mm. And that takes you out. When you do that overplay, if the other teams have got patience, they're going to get threes, they're going to get straight drives to the bucket, and they're going to get rebounds because your guys are out of position to rebound. Well said. You know, I mean, he needs to go. He's got a power team there if he wants to put it together. He's got Malco. He's got the kid from Kansas State, and he's got the guy just came back on Jordan the team Brown. and two guards, and play a zone or man to man. They cut the. He won't do it, but cut this double team crap out.
2: <laughs> I'm with you, Mike. Thank you very much for the call. I think I think he's right on. I've had a problem with that all year long. That help defense. Kenny is next. Hey, Kenny.
4: I think. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I think what the previous caller was saying is you can't play high school defense in Division One basketball. And these Mm -hmm. junk defenses they don't work in Division One. You need to play straight man. Most of the time, they need to go back to some zone, some zone pressure, because your guys gonna play well on perimeter defense. It is not gonna change in a week. It's not gonna change in a month. Do what your guys do well and go back to that. You know the gentleman mentioned the transfer portal. I didn't hear him just talk about the beginning of the season. Right now, everybody's dealing with the transfer portal. If you can't deal with it, then we need to find a coach that can because it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be able to probably steer four and five big time recruits from the from the high school group because you don't have the money to pay on that power five schools, and that's just that's not on pennant. That's just the law. That's the way the land is working now. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with you now. It starts with the coach. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't get to the second weekend. You're going to lose a lot of the enthusiasm. You're going to lose some support. And I'm going to tell you right now, you may lose the season ticket sales problem. Because this is getting old. Now, this is year six. I'm not expecting a final four. But I am expecting, can we get to the second weekend once in six years? Mm Mm-hmm. If we can't, I mean, that was the thing with Josh. Josh be honest with you, Josh dominated the conference. He had no trouble in the conference. He dominated. But we knew we couldn't get past. If we win a first round, we were done. Uh, or we didn't win the first round in the NCAA tournament. But we're, we're back to that now. The only difference is we all love Penn. The greatest, in my opinion, basketball talent ever produced out this city. But now, you're not playing now. You are the coach. And this falls on you. Yeah. You have to take care of it, man. You got to get it done.
2: Good call, take Katie. Thank you. Three for three. Three great calls already. Three six zero eight two five five. We'll get to your text here in a second as well. But if you want to jump on the Sports Fifty Six listener lines, please do so. We do have a couple of open lines. Dan is next. Dan, welcome to the show.
3: Hey
1: guys, I got a really easy question for one spring football star.
2: <laughs> Dan, Dan, come on now.
1: Come on, does Zeth Hennigan Hennigan play basketball? (laughs) (laughs) Not sure. I just can't get you upset about it, guys. I mean, I've been tigers. I'm from Chicago, but I've been tigers fan for 45 years. Wow. When I moved here, and it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know what their problem is, but I'm serious. I'm ready for football.
2: I hear you. Thank you, Dan. Three six zero eight two five five. Here's the one thing, though, and it's not like it hasn't happened before. But yesterday, it was running rampant on social media. I know there are some Tigers football fans that don't care about the basketball team, vice versa, and then Tigers fans don't care about the Grizzlies and Grizzlies fans don't care about the Tigers and all that stuff, but I don't understand why it has to be that, that much of a division. Tigers fans certainly should be rooting for every one of their sports entities. And if the Grizzlies fans want to you know concentrate on that, that's fine, but certainly don't poo-poo what the Tigers are doing in this city, in that building. I'm talking about over in general, not what they've done recently. And again with Tigers fans with the Grizzlies. I mean it's it's a relationship that they've had. You hear Jeff Crane all the time come on our show talk about that relationship. Laird Beach has talked about that relationship as well. So I don't know about all that division that's going on. I you shouldn't be ha- if you're a Tigers fan, especially if you're a Tigers alum, you shouldn't be happy if you're care more about football that the basketball's struggling right now or when the basketball's going well if the football's not going well, then you're happy about that. That doesn't make any sense to me.
3: No, you would, you would think if you were a fan of a school, you would be a fan of all of the sports of that school. Now, this isn't—it's always been a weird thing here because you'll get people that are fans of, like, an SEC football team, but then Tigers basketball. Like, it's, it, it's a little strange as far as that is concerned. I mean, normally, you are a fan of a school, whether you went to that school or whatever or have some relationship with that school, and you're a fan of the school and all of the sports teams at that school. Exactly.
4: Mario is next. Hey, Mario. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Man, it's rough, man. So I'm glad I'm a 49ers fan. But as <laughs> far as Tigers go, man, it, it all started. When they lost to South Florida, it was like the spirit left the body. Mm. It was, I, I knew it was going to go downhill at that point. Like you say, Greg, when the year started, I looked at the two Tulane and I said, okay, that's cool. They, they may lose that one. I even looked at the UAB game. I was like, you know, UAB is a rivalry. They may lose that game. But that South Florida game, I just can't get that out of my head. Mm -hmm. And it's been going down here ever since. I hope Penny can get it on track because he usually about around March and late February, he gets the team the way it's supposed to be. But right now, it's not looking too good. But I'm still cheer for him. That's my team. So hopefully they can get it together. Thank
3: Thank you, Mario. You too. Um, Some text messages here. Tiger Steve texted. he says something that struck me as funny. The Andy Kennedy in-game chat was annoying people. Um, he said that's called coaching. Now you go to Penny, seventy-five percent of the commentary was silent. You be the judge. We got big issues. I wasn't able. To, I didn't. I listened to it. I wasn't able to hear it because I was. I was actually at East Coast Wings. They had the sound on the football game, so I missed those those in-game chats. Which I I was amazed. Did, did Andy Kennedy get get through it without cussing? Yes, he did. Let Which me tell is you, amazing Let me. me tell you something. That's
2: why I said they needed they needed a delay for
3: AK. <laughs> like I, I was like, man, when I saw them doing that, I was like, oh, God, this has got to be tougher and heck on Andy. Kennedy was tremendous. And I know
2: people don't like that, but it was something different. They're going up against the NFL, for goodness sakes, on a Sunday in the American Conference. So they tried something different. And with Kennedy, he was he was really, really good. I mean, he was able to bark out all these instructions to his team, and answer most of the questions. With Penny, I don't know if Penny couldn't hear the questions or Penny just, did, just didn't just did even care to answer the questions. He was trying to coach his team. He's less boisterous than Andy Kennedy, but he was getting into it. But he wasn't really answering the questions. So there was the awkward silence, as uh, Tiger Steve just said. They should have nipped that one in the bud real quick and just said, thank you, coach. But they hung in there for the entire segment before they went to the media timeout and there was just a lot of silence. So I don't blame Penny, um, but he was asked to do this, and he did this. I'm not sure if he, he heard all the questions, but he was in the second half. His team was struggling. It had to be annoying at that point, and there's no way to say, hey, guys, stop asking me questions. You're not going to do that. So there was just a weird period of time where there was a lot of – I give credit to, to Dykes. He was trying to ask, ask these questions,
4: but after a while, they should have pulled the plug on it. Favorite part of that was – Penny barking out trying to bark out instructions and they're saying in his ear hey coach who are you going to on play, man like, it's like, like what are we doing man like,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> here's who I'm going to David Jones he's just going to dribble around he's either going to make a shot or he's going to turn it over that's it
3: uh, Ron texts in says Memphis basketball imploded no intensity no defense and nobody benched uh, somebody else says it's mind boggling that we're in this position We're supposed to be the older, more experienced team, not the most talented team that Penny has had, but the most battle-tested, ready-to-make-a-deep-run type of team. Yeah. I get losing a conference game here or there due to lack of focus or due to meeting up with highly motivated teams. However, three in a row to teams in this conference is embarrassing, to say the least. I've turned from extremely excited about the season to apathetic. Hard Um, to argue that. (laughs) Dexter, I'm... Something I know who they're a fan of. They say, let's talk about Dalton Connect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Somebody else says, there's no way this team is going to win out. So, how many games do y'all think they have to lose to not make the tournament?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's something I want to discuss well, when we, when we get back. Depends who the losses
3: come to. Yes,
2: yes. But let's let's talk about that, and we'll get to the more uh, more texts and your calls as well. We do have open lines right now if you want to jump in at 360-8255. Again, continue to hit us up with your texts on the Sports 56 listener lines. That's the same number to call in or to text, 901-360-8255.
3: Folks, Valentine's Day is coming, and over at Genesis Diamond, boy, do they got a deal for you. Well, you'd want to make somebody very happy in your life for Valentine's Day. First of all, you got go to Genesis Diamonds and check out the amazing selection of jewelry that they've got. Maybe it's something simple like a pendant, or maybe it's some exquisite one-of-a-kind designer ring, whatever that is that you're looking for, that special piece of jewelry for that special someone. Genesis is certainly going to have it, and they've got great people to help you find and pick out that exact right thing for you. Plus, how about this deal? From now until Valentine's Day, Whether you spend $199 or you spend $199,000, Genesis will also give you some chocolates, fresh flowers, and dinner out at no charge. That's right. You buy any piece of jewelry. They will give you some beautiful flowers, some chocolates, and a gift card for dinner at Iris Restaurant. That's a Genesis Diamonds through Valentine's Day. You can't beat that deal. They're located at Genesis Diamonds located at Poplar and Perkins Extended, wishing you a happy Valentine's Day with an unbelievable Valentine's deal.
2: You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 985 FM.
0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I
2: got a little change in my pocket going jingle like I'm going to rattle off some of the
0: comments made
2: by Penny after rain. the game yesterday. Um, the Jason Munns tweeting out a question he asked. I asked if he saw any evidence... Of Let's see Penny said earlier this week That when his team Struggled in the past They eventually Get tired of it And say enough is enough I asked him if he saw Any evidence of that Today from anyone Nope Not today Not today I didn't I asked Penny How discouraged he is On a scale of 1 to 10 Right now He's at a 10 I asked Penny What kind of response He got when he walked In the locker room After the game today Just a bunch of Blank faces in there uh, Penny said This isn't the end Of the world But we're not showing Enough grit Enough toughness I just talked about The toughness and that's really hard for me to watch. That's the one thing that really surprises me because I thought earlier in the year that they were a tough team. Uh, more from Penny. We have to stop making excuses, man. I have to coach better, and they have to play harder. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge, I mentioned that he said there's not enough dogs out there, but Malcolm didn't even have a defensive rebound in this game. Uh, he said, I asked this is again from Jason, I asked him what the first order of business should be when he and his teammates get back on the practice floor that's exactly what I'm trying to figure out right now. Where do we go from here? Ouch.
3: Uh, Drew Texton says, I am over the Penny Hardaway experience. This team is mentally weak. Uh, Max says, Penny has been all talk since he took over. Hyping recruiting classes. We want all the smoke. Blames players when they lose. Seems to lose control of the locker room every season. Um, if FAU can make a deep, turny run, then why hasn't Penny? He's passing her 2.0. Um, Tony says, I hate to go against my fellow high school alumnus, but this job may be too much for Penny. He's too soft of these guys with no consequences to bad play. Uh, Scotty on Twitter says, maybe it's time to start accepting that Penny is not the guy for the job. This roster and its deficiencies are 100% on Penny. They aren't a tournament team, and it's pathetic. At this point, again, the if they miss the tournament, like I, I, that will be one of the all-time disasters. To be to get into the top ten, be a top ten team at one point, and not even make the NCAA tournament would be a colossal, <laughs> colossal train wreck of epic proportions. Um, and, but again, at this point, it is all on the table. The, the, the idea of missing the tournament is somehow on the table, which is crazy to think that that is crazy. There's no doubt this team, it was not as good as we thought it was. Those, the, again, the, the wins early in the year, we thought were better than what they were. Those teams just aren't as good as we thought they were. I mean, the, the wins over Arkansas... Michigan, all the like they they just weren't as good of wins as we thought they but
2: were. But again, that wasn't Penny's fault. He put no, a schedule a, together. It, it, yeah. it no, I know. I know I, just, know. I just want to make the, sure that they, everybody understands
3: that. And there were the, the clues, the, the struggles in the wins against the Tulsas and everything else, mm-hmm. like showed you that this team really wasn't that good. I mean, they, they, were by, they were definitely not a top 10 team in the country. No, you know
2: what the narrative was, though? Oh, yeah. Eli, excuse me. The narrative was at that point that. They're overlooking all these teams. They're taking them for granted because they are that good and they proved it in the non-conference portion of their schedule. But you're right. Maybe in the long run, they really aren't as good as what we first thought.
3: No, And um but the the, the thing is like based on this roster and what these guys are and have been in their other you know in their careers before this, like they, sh- they, they maybe not should be. A- they may not be a top ten team in the country, but they certainly shouldn't be losing to South Florida, Tulane, and UAB in a row. Right? <laughs> like that's you know, if you looked at the conference schedule, you thought, okay, two, three losses. Like three losses
2: is what I thought. Three losses. Uh, Florida Atlantic split, and, and they, they could still, right. still end up they, with They could still up with three losses. They could. It's and, it's not likely. And we're all talking a different tune. We're we're all you know singing a different tune in that point. But I thought Tulane split with Florida Atlantic, and then there would be a bad loss somewhere. It, well, the bad loss was South Florida. I didn't expect a home loss. They had a, blew a twenty point lead, but that means they have to run the table. We had the texter ask, what else? Can, what do they have to still do to make sure they're in the tournament? I mean, right now, I guess I, I haven't seen the latest bracketology and all that. I imagine they're still in. They're going to be out of the polls today but
3: they are down to 66 in the net by the way. I
2: mean they they're, they're hanging on by a thread. Uh, certainly you split Florida Atlantic that's that's no big deal. Can you lose SMU is a top 70? You lose on the road at SMU? Maybe even losing at North Texas one or the other, maybe you're still okay with the one loss to Florida Atlantic if that happens as long as you you don't flounder and lose in the first round of the conference tournament. Or if you do get a bye, right now we don't even know if that'll happen, lose in the quarterfinals. Charlotte is a really good team, but you got them at home. You can't afford a home loss. You can't lose on the road at East Carolina. You can't lose the return game at home against Tulane. You certainly can't lose to Wichita State at home. You already beat them on the road. You can't lose at Temple, and you can't lose the Rice game.
3: The next three opponents, Rice is 246 Wichita State is one forty-seven. Temple's two forty-nine. Yeah, you lose Again, one if, of those if, three. If you lose any of those three, you don't you're, you're deserve dead. to be in the NCAA tournament at all. Like those are like it's those are those three games you absolutely have to win. Like and, and should win without even really putting much effort into it. Quite frankly, um, the North Texas game, the SMU game, some of these, you know, you're you're going to have to. To play well like you're gonna to have to just gonna be roll out there and we're gonna win this game easily so uh, yeah I don't know how many more losses and you don't know because it depends on other teams and everything else you certainly you don't want to lose any home games losing more home games would be a disaster um, unless maybe it's Florida Atlantic um, and you just can't afford to lose too many more to, to bad teams they now have two quad three losses um I, you don't you don't want to start mounting up the quad three losses. That's that is not a good thing. And a lot of the especially home games are certainly um most of them you have left would be quad three, again you know, other than Florida Atlantic. Um and some of these road games would be quad three as well. So it's yeah, they're they're certainly and if we're the idea of talking about this team as a bubble team is is pretty insane. <laughs> but that's huh. never thought that was gonna be the case. I don't think over at East Memphis Ace Hardware they have what it would take to fix the Tigers, Uh, but pretty much anything else you need to fix. You got anything around the house you need to fix, They've probably got what you need. They've corked, don't they? I don't think the Tigers can be fixed with duct tape. I really don't. I don't think this is a Caulk duct tape. I don't, cork I, don't, and... I, don't, I don't think this is a, a duct tape type issue. No, they're not I don't even it. think a screwdriver or any sort of wrench tool. I don't know if that, that exists to fix the Tigers. But again, anything else, any other project you have that you're looking to get done, folks at East Memphis Ace Hardware have what you need, and they got a great staff to help you find it. You can go find them at the corner of White Station and Quist, Quince, East Memphis Ace Hardware. There for all of those needs, for all those projects around the house. Go see them at East Memphis Ace Hardware. All
2: right. The Tigers are the top topic so far. It's the only topic we've gotten into. And for those who have not had a chance to express their concerns, comments, questions, anything, we're going to do that in our next segment to open up hour number two. Then we're going to get into the rest of the college basketball scene from the weekend. Then turn our attention to the Grizzlies and the NBA. And then finally, Super Bowl 58, the AFC-NFC championship games from yesterday. We will discuss that as well on the program. 360-8255, the number to call in or text in on the Sports 56 listener lines. You're tuned in to Sports 56 mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.